Welcome to another episode of CU Lead, sponsored by NetGiver, the app and platform that enables donors and nonprofits to give and receive on a no-fee basis. On this podcast, we feature credit union industry executives and the impacts they make on communities everywhere. I am Glenn Frechette, and today I am joined by Wendy Tariff. Wendy is the president and CEO of the Police Credit Union of Connecticut, located in Hartford. And I just learned two things about you. Don't think that I'm not listening or taking notes. You were A, a former hockey mom, and B, as the CEO of this particular credit union, you know a lot of cops. So I'm not going to pick a fight with you at all. Absolutely. (laughs) I brought a lot of cops to this uh, location, as a matter of fact, who are board members of my credit union. Oh, that's great. But my guess is as a hockey mom, you could probably take them. Oh, absolutely. I'm tough. (laughs) I believe it. You have New York and Massachusetts in your blood. Yes. Uh, So we've just gotten a chance to know each other a little bit. But for our listeners, can you talk a little bit about your years of experience in the industry, the credit union nation, you know, how long you've been influencing others, if you will. Well, I started my life with a large commercial bank who shall remain nameless. Um, And I did that as a summer job during college. My plans were to become a famous musician And I was drawn into the world of banking and finance and discovered I really liked it. But I didn't like the cutthroat way that this large commercial bank promoted its business. I stayed there for quite some time. And then I moved and was looking for a job. I was in marketing and sales and I interviewed at a credit union without even knowing anything about credit unions. Okay. I came to work for them in 1999. So my biggest project was to prep people for Y2K, which fizzled out. So it was an easy win for me nice to job. start my career. But I discovered what the credit union industry and the credit union philosophy was all about, and it just hooked me. Mm-hmm. Totally was the thing that was missing from my life in the business world, which was the sense of community, the cooperative philosophy, and the sense that we were not in competition with our members for business, but we were drawing people in to our credit union family. And that meant so much to me at the beginning, and it's only gotten more meaningful as my career has progressed. I've moved on from becoming a mark from being a marketing director to um, becoming a CEO in various credit unions in Massachusetts and Connecticut. You know what's great about just listening to your story and your journey and what you discovered and what is all things good about our industry is that I, I heard you distinctly talk about community. Community can mean a lot of things. Community can mean the employees that work for your credit union. Community can refer to the membership that you serve. I want to talk a little bit about, and both of those are amazing, by the way, but I'd like to talk about the community of nonprofits 
that are throughout your backyard in the state of Connecticut, as an example. Certainly. Can, can you talk to me about being a leader in that respect? Absolutely. Well, there are many um, law enforcement associations and organizations that are nonprofits. The most important one, which is nationwide, is um, PAL, the Police Athletic League. They help many um, underprivileged kids to have camp experiences, to have education, to have a place to hang out, a gym to go to, things like that. And they're very um, active in the areas where I have my two branches, Hartford and Waterbury. We are a tiny financial institution. We have two locations, and I'm very proud of that we have two. Yeah. Because when I started, we only had one. <laughs> That's great. So, um, but Cal gives back so much to the community, and they do fundraising, and we try very hard to support them and all the fundraising that they do, and to support them with our time, too. And any time employees of mine want to help out at an event, um, I always try to give them the time off. Again, very small, not enough employees to have a lot of people off at the same time, but I really like to support that and, um, and work with that in any way that I can. Well, I'm wondering if you could sidle up next to the membership base that you serve. So in addition to your employees being active with their feet, perhaps the members are as well. Is that so, something that you have? Since most of our members are in a law enforcement field or related to someone who's in a law enforcement field, I think they would agree with me that PAL is an important organization and um, deserves all of their support. And they do support um, a lot of that with giving or attending and buying tickets for these events that they hold. That's mainly how they raise funds. Mm. Um, I think that it's just a, um, it's a way of life for police officers to support other police officers to support the causes that their brothers and sisters want to support and want and find dear. So, Wendy, a lot of times I talk about social responsibility in these discussions that I have, and it's dawning on me that you probably have a particularly unique front row seat into how social issues in this world and the social responsibility we all should have if we don't. And law enforcement at times can be adversely affected by some of these social issues that are presenting themselves. Yeah, talk to me about what you're experiencing. Uh, police officers in particular right now are not having the best time. They have a lot of things that are on their shoulders that I feel should not be on their shoulders. A lot of law enforcement's image has been tarnished by certain bad cops and events that have gone against them in the media. And um, there are the majority of the people that work in law enforcement do it because they have a sense of giving back, of contributing to having a better city, a better state, a better world, I guess. Um, and they, they have a hard time. They um, are losing certain um, 
things in their contracts that have protected them um, from liability and things like that. Okay. And um, they still go to work every day and do their very best wow. in the face of adversity. And it, it, we to... lost um, we lost one of our credit union members who was a police officer who was killed in the line of duty only like a month ago. Um, and just seeing that happen and seeing how the organizations, the nonprofits, the community organizations, all banded together to help his family and to um, just show support and give them love, honestly love, yeah. is just incredibly touching. So as I'm listening to you say that, having spent a long career with the credit union, I'm surprised, and I certainly don't mean this disrespectfully to you know, any family members or any of the members, period. I'm surprised it's the first time for you. Is this the first time? The that first time that... You've experienced the loss of a officer that's a member? In the line. Yeah. In the okay. line of duty. Although last year... Connecticut also lost two officers who were killed in the line of duty. Actually, a year ago almost to the day because we were at this event and uh, found out what had happened the night before. Wow. It, yeah, it's very tough. It's very tough. And they weren't members, but it doesn't matter. They are all, um, they are all members of the law enforcement family. Definitely. So, and it's just so hard because people... People put their lives at risk every day for their job. There has to be a higher calling right. to do that. Do you have so, any ideas as to what the credit union could do to support some of these adverse aspects of the job that are very real for your membership? Well, so let's face it, Wendy, I, I may interview 12 CEOs today, and none of them could answer in the way that you are and right. such a unique and distinct population right. of members. When I first began to work with the law enforcement professionals that I work with, I discovered that they have a very unique relationship with money and banking mm -hmm. because they go to work every day not knowing if that's their last day on earth, truly. There's always, you know, people, they don't talk about it. They don't overtly demonstrate it, but it's always something that is in their mind and shapes their behavior. Right. What that does is um, sometimes makes them do um, irresponsible things with their money mm -hmm. because they have a carpe diem kind of attitude. And we've done a lot with financial education and I'm a certified, a credit union certified financial counselor and I've just had one of my branch managers certified as well because they need help. And everybody needs help from time to time with their finances. But we're trying to provide ongoing education right from the police academy. I speak at the police academy to every graduating class to talk to them about how important it is to be responsible with their money. And most of these are very young men and women who are making more money than they ever did before. Mm. Um, so they're very 
infatuated with what they can do with this money. And they're not necessarily thinking about saving. So we try to educate them. We try to bring them along. When they get in trouble, we help them out. We have certain loan programs for, um, for people who get behind. We do special le- types of lending. And we can do that because we're a credit union and because we're owned and run by our members. So we have policies pertaining to when people get behind on their loans and we counsel them on ways that we can help by adjusting their loans and giving them some time to recover and then getting them back on track. Which is particularly challenging at the moment, although you'd love to assist every law enforcement professional that needs financial help, today's environment may still be prohibitive at times for you to put them in a product that will work. Certainly, from a business standpoint, uh, rates are so high right now, and we still have to make money so that we can survive. So we have to strike a balance between, it's not charity. I'm sure you've heard the credit union slogan, not for profit, not for charity, but for service. And that's critical. You know, we're not giving them something that they can't already earn on their own. We're just serving them so that they can get back on their feet. And we have to balance that with the realities of making a profit so that we can stay in business and continue to do this. Certainly, if you're not sustainable for the long term or over the long term for your constituency served, then, um, well, frankly, you're you're being irresponsible to the entire base at large. Definitely. And, and that isn't an expectation I wouldn't assume that any member has. Right, right. So here's what I like to do for my guests. I want to make sure that I'm giving you a forum, since you've been gracious with your time today, to plug a nonprofit organization that may be personal to you. Uh, but before I turn to you to do that, you know, Wendy, if you, if you happen to say one that's important to the credit union too, that's fine. Uh, but I feel like we all raise that flag every day that we go out in our communities and make sure that those nonprofit organizations are aware that the credit union is supporting them. I'm really talking about something maybe meaningful to your family. Okay. In another part of my life, um, I've been involved with horses and been in the horse business. And in addition to being a banker, I'm a certified therapeutic horseback riding instructor. Wow. Yeah, it's a big divide between the two things, but it's great. I am not working right now to do that, but previously my husband and I had property and we had some horses and we had a program where we did therapeutic riding as a nonprofit for people in the state of Connecticut. We were a credentialed provider for the state so that kids in foster care could come and have this therapeutic style of learning to ride horses and learning to care for animals. I feel that it's a miraculous modality for people who have all kinds of challenges from 
troubled youth to people with paralysis and blindness and mental health and wounded warriors. There are, and there are many nonprofits in the state of Connecticut who provide these programs. And I would like to plug two of them. Yes, ma'am. One of them is run by one of my members and it's called Ebony Horse Women. It's in Hartford, right in the middle of the city in Keeney Park, which is the only green space of any significance around. Um, and they have an amazing program. And the other one is called High Hopes. And they are in Old Line, Connecticut. They um, are a very large nonprofit who has a huge program and they provide so much good for so many people. They not only are involved with their own community, they do a summer camp for teenagers to come and learn to work with animals. They do the therapeutic horseback riding, and they also help the national organization certify new therapeutic riding instructors. They're very active and just a huge part of their community down at the shore there. I have been involved with horse rescues, um, and anytime you have land and a barn, mm -hmm. people want to give you horses. Okay. They want, you know, they can't feed them anymore. They don't want to kill them. I mean, that's reality of livestock. Right. They're too old to ride. Can they go somewhere and just eat your grass? Yeah, they're past the point of competing. They're past the right. point of... Right, absolutely. One of the good things that they can do, though, is they can be a companion to a high-strung horse and help them to calm down. Oh, how about that? There's still value. There is huge value yeah. in every living horse. Uh, I'm glad we're talking about this subject. Off camera, I'll tell you a little more. Um, but I'll close this down by saying, you know, I, oftentimes I know my guests prior to interviewing them, just from being in the industry a while. But I always like to get to know people I had not previously met. Sure. So it was great it's talking great. with you. Yeah, same here. Great opportunity. It's going to be a good conference. I know we're just sort of kicking it off here. We're halfway through day one. Yeah. A um, lot to go yet, but these conferences are, are great put on by... I do this every year, and I take away a lot. I have... And I'm actually... I'm going in to see the vendors, and I'm... I have authorization from my board to actually commit to some things and spend some money, so... Amazing. I'm going shopping. Awesome. I know of a company called NetGiver, and we'd love to talk with you further. Okay. <laughs> Happy to do that. Sure. Nice talk with you, Wendy. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on this episode of CU Lead, brought to you by NetGiver, the no-fee donation platform for donors and nonprofits. We hope you stay engaged, stay inspired, and continue leading with purpose. Until next time.